Hi, my name is Peter Maestri, and you're listening to Divorce the First Six Months. If you are someone who is about to go through a divorce, or maybe you're healing from one, then you're in the right place. This conversation and the stories you're going to listen to focus on people who have gone through a divorce, and more importantly, how they navigated through it. Having said that, let's get right into it. What was your body like? What was your mind like knowing that you made this decision? Like, how did you shift? What are some of the things that happened? I know that when I went through it, it was, there was a metamorphosis, you know, it was things happened that I did not understand. Tell us about your experience. Um, man. So what's that experience like, you know, I was just avoiding, but I, I, one of the things looking back, I talk about taking care of you and that I was breaking down. So going into, so the fall of 2018 is when I asked for the separation. And so after I came out from Disneyland, I, I would say I broke down like in, in July coming back, like I was so upset. And <laughs> so this is something interesting. I told him the way I shared like, okay, I wanted a divorce was because I knew I was going to have to get an apartment and I knew I was going to have, he had um, bought all the furniture like the couch and things like that. The bedroom set was mine. I had a house before we got married. Hmm. I didn't want to have, I didn't want him to have any excuse why he couldn't have, our daughter couldn't have anything in his place. And so I bought like one of those, like, you know, Prime Day. So I got like one of those big screen TVs. And when it got delivered, I remember I was sitting in my office when it it was delivered. I looked at my phone. I was like, shoot, I've got to tell him now. Because when I go home, this TV is going to be sitting in this in this living room, <laughs> and um, and our daughter was gone. You know, luckily we have parents. Both our parents are alive and they're retired. So she would always go one week with one parent and all this stuff. So she was away, and I came in and he was doing dishes, and I was like, "Yeah, that TV that's there." He's like, "Yeah, why? Why'd you get a new TV? Like, where are you gonna put? Where are we gonna put that?" And I was like, "Well, it's for my apartment." And he was like, "Okay," mm-hmm. and I said, "Because." it's not working. Like, you know, when I for we need to talk about, you know, separation, divorce, like, I just need to be away from you because this is not working, you know, at all. So at that moment, I was like, brave K, let's do this. So I rode that momentum, honestly, into like the fall until it came around the holiday time. And um, probably around Christmas, that's when the reality set in because I remember asking him, like, what are you going to do for Christmas? Because his family lives in the state. My family was out of state. So I was hoping to maybe see her for a day or something like that. And he was very, like, he, one at one point he said to me, and this kind of describes the feeling, the question you're asking for. I had already processed my feelings mm. and, and exit out. He had not. And so even though he knew, you know, he knew things were not a good place and stuff like that, he had not. So he made a comment to me one time during a drop-off. He said, you have had time to process your feelings, Kay. I have not. And so I, I, I am a giver. I'm into, I'm not an empath. I, there is some gentleness in my body, but I'm a very straightforward person. I'm not an empath. No, empath are like kind and caring. Mm-mm. Like, I mean, I'm kind and caring. I, I shouldn't say that, but you know, you know what I'm saying? Like, you know, people in touch with folks' yeah. feelings. I'm not in touch with people's feelings, but I do recognize. I read yeah. body language and I, and I listen and I hear. So I heard that. And so I just was very cognizant of that. And, um, and I wasn't doing, I can't remember what triggered him saying that, to be honest with you. Um, but he's, when he said it, I heard him. Mm-hmm. 
I hurt him. And so then I started thinking about like, you know, my feelings and how I was reacting to him because he would make these little comments like, are you going to be in town this weekend when I drop her off? Like, what are you talking about? Yes, I am. But going into the Christmas time, that's when feelings of um, this is the reality that I'm dealing with. So I was breaking down inside and I started getting sick, like not feeling well, migraines going into like 2019. But I was headed back to Italy to finish my research and finish interviews. So I just put the well, the wellness issue to the side, to the back burner to focus on Italy. And when I was, when I went to Italy, March, 2019, my last day there, I'm like bawling in the airport. Again, I'm crying in another airport, this internationally. My friend is trying to console me. He's, he knew what was going on. He goes, everything's going to be okay when you get back. And I'm like, no, it's not like, because it was, and now, now there's nothing to keep me busy. Yeah. Now there's nothing. We had just had a separation hearing, which went very well. It was cordial, but it was once again, the reality. And so, um, and so when I came back, then I, it took me a while to find a therapist to help me process my feelings. And the therapist is good or bad? She is awesome. She is, I found her at the right moment, the right time. I found her online. My cousin is a psychiatrist. Mm-hmm. And one thing I appreciate about my cousin is she's just my cousin. She shows up as my cousin, but she also shows up as a, as a healthcare worker, mental health care worker, like you need to find somebody. So from, she was one of the first people I shared about my marriage in Italy. Everything leads back to Italy. On a train this time, Lisa was on a train. Not a, not a bad place. Not a bad, not a bad place, right, to be, to be miserable, I guess, yeah. in order to have these thoughts. But, um, but when I was in, when I was coming back from that trip, yeah. I was in Munich and on a layover and I called her and she's like, I'm going to send you some links. You need to find somebody. Because I said to her, I said, I am breaking down. And this is not going well. And so she calls me, I'm going to send you some links. You got to find somebody. And when I came back, still didn't find anybody. I'm like, okay, I'm going to, I just put everything, everything to the back burner, went to see my doctor. And um, she's like, you're in a stress, you know, and, and, um, and things like that. So finally I took a day off from work and said, okay, let me just spend some time and look for somebody and finally, I mean, it was like probably the second person I contacted. What's and the I, biggest, what's the biggest takeaway with that, with your, your therapist? Um, she keeps me in check. She's accountable. Um, one, she's been divorced too. Um, so she is, you know, um, if you're watching this on, I'm a black woman. And so she, she's a black woman too, as well. So there is that, there is that connectivity. And I've had, it wasn't the first time I've had a therapist before. I had a therapist in my 20s. And we can talk about that if you want. But um, I had a therapist in my 20s. And um, and she was a white woman. It was great. So some culture, color, race, and ethnicity doesn't matter. But sometimes it does, depending sometimes, on where you are yeah. in your life stage. And so honestly, at this stage of my life, I was looking for someone of color because there is this concept of divorce, especially in the black community, that you don't get divorced. You stay with the person. And especially if you're a person of faith and you pray about it, things like that. And so, um, and so wanting to have someone that kind of understood that and helped me. And actually we don't, I mean, we've talked about my divorce. We talk about those feelings, but she keeps me in check. Work-life balance. The biggest takeaway, Peter, is working on my narrative and who I am. And she just recently said to me, she's like, because we meet uh, virtual too now. She's like, if I could show a picture of you from 2018, you know, 12, 2019 to now, 
She's like the person that you've become and embracing who you are. And a lot of times it's like me. I was the one who first said to her, I get it. Like this is who I am. That's probably my biggest takeaway. To me, it reminds me of the K before I got married and lost. And I wouldn't say lost myself, but I, cause I, I don't like it when people say that. I just found other things to focus on during my marriage, but it remi- like, it reminds me of that person. That's my biggest takeaway. I agree with you with that. I think that before we get married, um, we are like our best version. And I think it's, I think that's why we get married because we we find yeah. the couple. It's like if we're energy, you know, you're attracting this amazing energy because you're amazing. And then we get married. And then when we get divorced, it's kind of like everything ends. And it's like, no, it's like you get to rebuild. You get to create again. Remember, you know, mm-hmm. uh, with you, what I'm what I'm hearing is that that airport and Italy launched everything like that. This is where your whole world started to, to change now that it's changed and you're looking back, what are some of the the happy moments and some of the sad moments inside of that situation that you can recall now? Um, like looking at what you did like from, from that perspective. Oh, from that perspective. You yeah. know, I'm glad I made the choice for myself. You know, I had friends. My mother always says to me that, you know, one, you don't have to explain yourself to anybody mm-hmm. and that one's going to understand what you what you went through or what, you know, what happened in your own household. She's going to don't feel you need to explain that to me, your sister, anybody else like that. So that was that was a happy moment to hear my mother share say that to me. And so that to me gave me the freedom of living my life. My parents, I'm a preacher's kid. But my parents have always, I'm not that preacher's kid of like, that you hear the other side. I'm probably like the other side of like the wild one in a way. Not necessarily the wild one, but I can do whatever I want. It does not define me, does not define who I am. And, but I share that to say that my parents have always just kind of let us just be, you know, be whoever you are, you know, with doing everything ethically, right? Um, But when she said that to me, that was so empowering that it almost gave, to me, gave me the green light of like, this is your life, you know, do what you want to do. So that is, that was a happy moment. Um, that was really happy moment because my mother's a very straightforward person. She's not like, Oh, have a cookie, you know, come, let me give me a hug. This is what you went through. It's like, suck it up. This is life. Like, okay, how are you going to move beyond this? You know, pick it up. So for her to take like a more, um, caring type, that was a very, I just remember that conversation, very caring conversation. And that was really all she said. It was just like, that was it. (laughs) but it was enough for me the other happy moment was this conversation started because someone challenged me to be vulnerable so i'm challenging you share yourself and your story be courageous be vulnerable it makes a difference